Good morning, it's Monday, August 13th, 2012, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page this morning. Father's death shaped Ryan's self-reliance. Egyptian leader pushes generals into retirement. And GOP sees a big draw. Rivals see ideologue. In this morning's national headlines, enduring drought, farmers point at Congress. Strict snack laws are linked to healthier child weights, and female army officer becomes first openly gay general. In this morning's business headlines, many mistakes found in flood of credit suits. Motorola set for big cuts as Google reinvents it, and NBC banks on summer games as a springboard for new fall shows. There will be more business stories, more national and international news, too, a roundup from the sports page, and the opinions of New York Times columnist Bill Keller. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. This is the top story written from Janesville, Wisconsin. Father's death shaped Ryan's self-reliance. Representative Paul Ryan's childhood home here was not overtly partisan. His parents were enthusiastic supporters of Representative Les Aspen, a Democrat, yet adored President Ronald Reagan from their glimpses of him on the evening news. But the death of his father when Ryan was only 16 punctured his life of math test and bike riding, and in that fissure the seeds of his worldview were planted. Paul went to work at McDonald's and began to pull his own weight and becomes class president. It is remarkable that he chose a path of individual responsibility and maturity rather than letting grief take a different course, said his oldest brother, Tobin Ryan. Some of his political views did begin to coalesce around the time of my father's passing. His self-reliance followed him into young adulthood, where he took up deer hunting and learned to make sausage from venison. It followed him into college, he took a passionate interest in the canon of conservative economic theorists and writers who inspired the up-and-coming generation of libertarian-minded lawmakers. It followed him to Congress, where his brand of conservative economics eventually inspired the Tea Party freshmen in the House for whom Ryan has served as seer and cheerleader. And finally, it captured the imagination of Mitt Romney, who named Ryan the Republicans' presumptive vice presidential nominee on Saturday. In Ryan, he has found not only a sympathetic life story to animate his campaign, he spoke of how Ryan dealt with his father's death in introducing him Saturday, but also a politician who fills in what many see as the gaps in Romney's conservative bona fides. Ryan has been a driving force, if not always a visible one, in the party's biggest fights with President Obama, including last year's budget impasse that took the nation to the brink of default. Ryan's enormous influence was apparent last summer when Representative Eric Cantor, the second most powerful House Republican, told Obama during talks over an attempted bipartisan grand bargain that Ryan would object to the deal. He disliked his policy and was concerned that a deal would pave the way for Obama's easy re-election, according to a Democrat and a Republican who were briefed on the conversation. Yet even he is not without contradictions. He's the nation's first-generation ex-vice presidential nominee and counts among his favorite bands Rage Against the Machine, which sings about the greed of oil companies and whose website praises the Occupy Wall Street movement. Ryan's rise from small-town junior prom king to the number two on the GOP presidential ticket reflects sheer will and patience, with the ideological leanings that began in Janesville and were cultivated in Washington finally finding their moment on a raised platform in Norfolk, Virginia on Saturday.